Amen. Once again, we thank you for, and appreciate you for your giving. Um, I was made aware of many of us in here, we are wearing some form of DT shirts. So if you do not have one and want one, we will try to find a way to get you a delivered simple shirt, even if we have to make you one. I made my own, which says I love my job. And I made sure I put the DT logo in so y'all didn't think I was talking about GM because that ain't the job I love. No, but I actually, I love doing what I'm called to do. And even though I didn't want to do it, I did not want to be a pastor, but God knows best. Ain't, ain't that true? All right. Let's bow our heads and let's uh, pray over the preaching moment. Dear gracious heavenly father, we love you. We thank you, God. We pray that you would anoint me and illuminate me. God, speak through my mouth and think through my mind, God. We ask that you will also anoint and illuminate the ears of your listeners, God, our visitors, as well as our members, God, so that we will have a moment of revelation that will bring us to the place that you want us to be and give us the word you want us to have. And God, let it not be me, but let it be you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What we always do, we always confess not just over our offering, we confess over the preaching moment. And so we're going to do that. You can follow along with us if you want to. Deliverance Supple, let's do what we normally do. Come on, grab your Bibles. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. If you believe you're going to be fair, go ahead and make some noise this morning. Amen. So we have been in a series, and this series has been called is called Healthy Church. And so we've been working through that. And I, I was wondering, would I deviate from the series for this day and for our guests and for our visitors? And I just felt like I want to continue this series and the series has been more teach mode than preach mode. So I will warn you that I may not be just hooping and hollering. I may be moving more methodically. But the information is benefiting me as a pastor and as a leader. And I hope it's benefiting us as well. So this is, I believe this is the fifth installment of this series. And so we've been working through a lot of things. And we started off with Healthy Church was the first one. And then the last couple of weeks, we've been drilling down into the self. So everything has been dealing with self because in order to have a healthy church, you have to have healthy individuals. Yes. And when we talk about healthy, we haven't moved into natural health yet. Maybe we'll get there. But we've been mainly talking about spiritual health. And so we've yes. been working on many things that work on our spiritual health. And let me just let people know, maybe there's some people in the audience that are not normal churchgoers. Let me let y'all know that just because people are in the church don't mean they got it all together. Sometimes people come to church because they don't have it all together. And so since we are Deliverance Temple, the people that show up here, we need deliverance in some way, shape, or form. So many of my messages focus on how we can be the best version of us Amen. so that we can help become a better church as a whole. Right. But having said that, I wanted to, to leak it out a little bit beyond that. When we've been talking about healthy church, we're talking about the body of Christ, but I am not in control of the body of Christ. I really only lead the local body, so I can really only deal with Deliverance Temple folks. In other words, when I'm preaching, I'm not preaching about the church over there and the church over there. And I don't like preachers who talk about other preachers. Worry about yourself. So I've been focusing on my folk. But I see a need to expand it a little bit for this morning. So today we're going to talk about healthy community. Somebody say healthy community. So in order to have a healthy community, 
What many of us have done in the church is we've talked about the community. Y'all need to stop all this. Y'all need to stop all that. Y'all need to stop going here and stop going there. And some of that is the truth. But it's hard to tell people out there what to do when we haven't worked on what we're doing in here. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the whole summary of the message right up front. Just in case you want to check out, at least you got something right away. In the first few minutes, I'm going to go ahead and sum up the whole sermon. And go ahead and put that up there for, for me. A healthy community, go, you have to go backwards. That's the definition. Well, okay, let, let's, let's do the definition of community. You, look, let's do that first. That makes sense. Uh, a group of people that live in close proximity to each other or having a particular characteristic in common. This includes their land, social institutions, resources, and other institutions. So it basically means just the community. It means everything. So everybody in the community doesn't believe in God, but that doesn't mean they're less a part of the community. We're all a part of a larger community. And so here we go. Now we're going to sum up the whole thing for us. A healthy community is the byproduct of a healthy church. So basically what I'm saying is if the community is going to hell in the handbasket, don't blame the community without blaming the church first. Because when the church gets healthy, it invariably affects the community. So if I want a better community, we have to create better churches. Okay, I I know what you're saying. You say, no, we got to close down the bars. We got to get rid of the transgender people. We got to stop all these crazy politicians. Some of that could have some truth in it. But normally when I look at scripture, God deals with us. And the reason why them out there don't like us, because we're always pointing our finger at them, but we forget that there's three fingers pointing back at us. So if we want the community to rise, we need the church to rise. So we got to stop fussing at people out there, and we got to start looking at the people in here. But here's the thing. I really don't know about all the people in here, the only person I really know is me. Right. So once again, I like to use this all the time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a page from Bishop Michael Jackson. I got to deal with the man in the mirror. Yes. And I gotta ask him to change his ways. So here's the key. If I work on me and you work on you and we come together as a church and we're working on each other, then guess who benefits? The community out there gets benefit. All right. Let's, let's go and, and track through this a little bit. Let's look at, uh, Acts 2, 42. We're going to go through a, a few scriptures. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Hold on. Slow. Re- read that again. They devoted themselves. Hold on. See, people think church is about big hats, long dresses, revivals. And there's nothing wrong with big hats, long dresses, and revivals. But it says they devoted them, which if I'll take another word, devotion. It don't do you no good to have a big hat, a long dress, and a revival if you don't leave the church and have your own personal devotion. You, you, you can't expect the building to provide everything for you. You, you gotta stop eating once a week, meaning you don't just come here to eat. You gotta have some devotion yourself. In other words, well, when's the last time you looked at Habakkuk? Well, the last time the pastor preached on it. No, no, you can look at Habakkuk on your own. You can do some devotion on your own. You don't need the church for that. Some of these things you got to do for yourself. So let's go back to the scripture. Let's read it in its entirety. And this might be one of those tight but it's right sermons, but let's go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, 
to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The only one we really get right is the breaking of bread. We love to eat. But don't forget the devoting to the teachings. In other words, yes, the apostles may teach you, but you got to go take that teaching and do some devotion. And then you also have to give yourself to prayer. The problem with the community is we don't have enough praying people in the church. Well, how could you say that, Pastor? How could you say that? Well, there's a scripture that said, if my people, which are called by my name, not if those people, but if my people would humble themselves and pray and hear from heaven and seek my face, then I will. So maybe the problem with them is us. Oh, I didn't mean to get y'all in here to beat y'all up, but you know, look, I'm just, I'm just sharing what the Lord gave me. Come on, let's read another verse. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Mm, here's, here's another problem we have. We want them to get in here, but we don't have no miracle working power when they come in. They come in one way and they leave the same way. And when they get in, they see some of y'all is more messed up than they are. So I might as well not get out of the bed and come in if there's no power. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. So, so maybe the problem really isn't them. Maybe the problem is in the church. I'm not saying every church. I'm not saying all the churches, but since we're here, maybe we can just look at Deliverance Simple and say, maybe we got to do better so that the power will be here when you come. Now, when I plug my phone in because it needs some charging, and I plug it into a wall outlet, and the phone doesn't charge, then I can blame the phone, I can blame the charger, or I can blame the wall outlet. And a lot of times as you get the looking, sometimes you see the problem is all the way back at the source. There is no power. And so I want a church that has power. I don't mind the lights and the screens. I like all the new stuff. I like the fact that we got apps. But I don't want all of that if we don't have any power. And, and I'm concerned because out there they keep dying out there. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what are we doing wrong that we're not making an impact anymore. We're doing so many things. We got so many programs. We got so many ideas. We got so many agendas. But when will the world see the power of Jesus Christ back in the church? I'm, I'm still asking. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I, I, I know the day is coming, but I want to be a part of the end time move of God. All right, let's continue to read. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. So this is the early church and the early church. It, it's a little unfair to compare the power of the early church to us now. But we're supposed to move toward that. So the early church and the latter church should at some point come together. But what was interesting, they had, they, they, they were devoted, they prayed, they did all those things, they broke bread, but at some point they had all things common. They actually came together. They got rid of their differences and they began to have things common. In other words, when I got blessed, it wasn't just my four and no more. My three and just me. My two, forget about you. My one and I'm done, son. No, it it actually affected the people around me. Deliver me from folk that get blessed and don't nobody else get benefit by the blessing. Let me give you an example that happened to me years ago. So uh, I told you some years ago about my first car, but the first car that I really had faith for was something called an Eagle Talon. It was a purple car, and it was nice. It was a purple two-seater car. And I had put it, on, uh, with every car that I have, I've always put a picture of it somewhere so I can think and dream toward it. You know, people now call it manifestation. I just call it faith. People now say the universe did it. I call it God and faith. 
And so I was working on that and I kept going to the dealership and looking at that beautiful car. And then God just asked me a simple question. If I was to bless you with this car, how many people can you take to church? Only one other person because it was a two-seater. Not a two-seater that had a back. It was just a two-seater. So what he was trying to get me to understand, if I bless you with this, how can you really bless somebody else? So then I turned and looked and there was a Jeep over there on the other corner. And then I realized that God didn't want me to have a two-seater. He wanted me to have a five-seater. So when I got blessed, I can pick some other folk that are walking and I can take them to church too. And maybe the reason why some of us don't get blessed is because we're so selfish. Oh, I want a mansion. Why you want a mansion? You won't let nobody in the shack you got right now. Ah, no. So, so what happens is people begin to have things common. And I'm not saying that you won't allow everybody to come in and mess up your stuff because some folk will mess up your stuff. But God will always bring people that you can do life with that because they are connected to you, their life is benefited because they're connected to you. So let me take it out of the material things because sometimes we get caught up in material things. Let me take it to something just more simple. Maybe the reason why you went to college is to get the knowledge, not just so you can have a degree behind your name, so that the people around you that couldn't go to college, you can give them the information that would benefit their life. What good does it do me to have an 800 credit score if I don't help somebody else boost their credit? What good does it help me to have a 23-year marriage if I don't help somebody with their struggling marriage? We got to learn how to have all things come. But we've got so complacent and so self-centered that people say, I'm going to church to get my praise on. There's nothing wrong with getting your praise on, but after 15 years, I hope you've got your praise on enough to help somebody else. At all things common. I, I'm supposed to be teaching, but I'm kind of preaching. I don't know what's going on. All right, let's, let's, let's continue to keep tracking through this a little bit. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Uh-oh, so they began to meet the need. The very first church, they, the first thing they didn't do was build mega churches. Nothing wrong with mega churches because they had 3,000 that got saved and then they went to 5,000. So they needed a big space. But that wasn't their focus because they already had the synagogue. They already had a big building. So they used their money to bless the people in need. In other words, they started feeding folk. Some people don't want to know about your Jesus when their stomach is hungry. Tell me about your Jesus later. Right now, I don't know where I'm going to get my next meal. Well, I'm praying for you, baby. No, buy them a sandwich. Do something for them to meet the need. All right, so let's, 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 let's move on. The church is supposed to be the model for the community. So here's something that, that you may not understand. Many of the programs that we see now in the world that the government is doing came from the church. It was actually, they actually borrowed things from the church. Do you know that the Ivy League schools that we see now, they started off as Christian schools? Dartmouth was a school that was for the native Indians. It was to train them in Christianity, to train them in the ways of God. But the problem was we had a mixed up Christianity back in American days. We had a Christianity where you can love God and keep a slave. So the world got confused and they disassociated themselves with Christianity and they started doing their own thing. And now we're blaming them. Look at all these secular schools where they didn't used to be secular schools. They used to be godly schools. But y'all was mixing godliness with your own junk and your own mess. And now the world is messed up and we're pointing at the world saying, y'all going to hell. But God is saying, it's the church's fault. So, all right, all right. It sound like I'm fu- it sound like I'm fussing, but I don't mean to be fussing. I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm just sharing. I'm actually covering a whole bunch of history, how we got where we are. 
Even Malcolm X said the most divided day is still on Sunday morning. The blacks meet with the blacks. The whites meet with the whites. Why? Because we got this version of Christianity that just ain't really altogether lovely. All right, let's, let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. We're going to get somewhere with this. So here, so, so here's a statement. I'm taking this out of context. In Galatians, Paul makes a statement. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? So that you should not obey the truth. In other words, you started off real well, but what happened? You got derailed. It's like your GPS tells you, wait a second, uh, make a U-turn at the next possible time because somehow you were going in the right direction and now you've turned and you're going in the wrong direction. Now, I could bring up a whole lot of things that the church is doing wrong, the church as a whole. There's a lot of things we're doing right. So there's always been an underground church. There's been the visible church, and then there's the underground church. As long as the visible church is doing what God wants it to do, he rides with it. But when the visible church forgets about God, he always has a remnant of people doing things a little bit different. So you may be connected with some people that are really a part of God, but they don't do church like you know church to be done. It's a possibility. It don't take seven hours for God to speak what he want to speak. See, here's the thing. If people are doing devotion by themselves, I don't have to keep you in here for six hours to teach you the word of God. Actually, the Bible talks about in Solomon days, the presence of God was so thick that the ministers couldn't even minister because the power of God was there. The glory of God. What would happen if we all brought the glory to the church? We don't have to worry about having church because we are the church. And when the church comes to church, the power of God begins to fall. So... You was doing well, but something derailed you. Something threw you off. So we got to figure out what got in the way. Let's let's continue to read. Y'all got to help me in the back because I'm all the way off my notes. Y'all just keep keep helping me in the back. Throw throw up there. What's next? I'll get there. So so here so here's our concern, and I, I I've been laying it out for you. So the first one was common. Here's the concern. Let's throw it up here. Here's the major concern that I'm dropping on us today. So 1 Peter 4, 17 says this. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? Okay, so many people have looked at the last verse, part of the verse, and they've got it confused. Because they're thinking, again, it's the people out there that are disobeying God. And are there people out there disobeying God? Yes, there are. But here's the thing, a lot of them don't know him. So since they don't know him, they're not really disobeying him. They're just following the dictates of their flesh because they're in a fallen world. But us who know God, who've been a part of him, he said it's time for judgment to begin right here with us. All right. So I've, I've made that really clear. So we're going to move right along. We're going to move on to an, another point. Point three is so now we got to make a correction or a course correction. We got to correct the course now. We got to reroute. So, so how to reroute it? And it's, it's basically the same thing I've already been telling you. I already told you. I already summarized the message for you. And I'm just hitting points to, to kind of paint the picture even further. So let's give us a few more verses here. So let's go to John 17. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So, Pastor Andre, you keep talking to me that the problem ain't out there. The problem is in here. But I know the scripture says the world hated me. So, I don't think you're telling the whole truth because, yet them folk out there, the problem is still out there. But we don't understand the entirety of the scripture. What we need to understand, and I'll give us just a quick uh, nugget. When When the Bible talks about world, it's talking about the cosmos. It's not really talking about the people. It's talking about what governs the people. Here's another thing. It's not in my notes, but I'll just share it to you. It says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness 
and spiritual wickedness in high places. So yes, it looks like it's the people, but it's not the people, it's the system. And it's a system that goes against God. It's the system, it's a demonic system. So the problem is we're look, looking at the people and saying the people are going to look at you, you crack addict. But what you don't understand is they didn't plan on being a crack addict. It, when they were in elementary school and the teacher said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody said, I want to be a crack addict. I want to be a prostitute. I, I, I want to cheat on my wife all my life. That's not what they said. But the problem is they grew up in a demonic system. But guess who has power over the demons? It is the church. On these gates, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, they shall not prevail against it. So, so yes, the world hates us, but it's not the people, it's the system. Let, 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 let me, let me bring it even closer. Last week we talked about healthy humility. Let me tell you this. The system is so messed up that many times who hates us the most is us. Many of us, we do well and then we self-sabotage because our self-esteem is so low, we don't even know how to embrace a blessing. We will walk past a blessing to grab a curse because we're under demonic influence. But when we gather together, one can chase a thousand and two 10,000. When we come together, the demon that's messing with me and the demon that's messing with you, it can't stand a chance because we came together. But Minister Derek, it's hard for us to come together because you didn't get baptized like I got baptized. Because you like, you like, you like Bishop Jake's. And I like Joel Osteen. Well, you like Joel Osteen. He don't talk about... We fight about the stupid stuff, but we ought to be fighting that devil that's trying to keep us all from the promise that God has for us. And I'm not cussing, but let me say it like this. We've been through so much hell. Not just in this church, but our city and our state, even the world. We ought to wake up and start fighting the devil. And it makes sense to fight him because he's already defeated. So really we're not fighting him. We're reminding him of what our big brother has already done. Because he gets the big head and he forgets. Now, I was the oldest boy in my family, so I wouldn't understand this, but let me throw out an idea and an example that I've heard other people talk about. I've heard a friend of mine who was a younger brother, and the younger brother would be bullied, and then he would remind the bully of who his older brother is. Stop taking my lunch. Well, why should I stop taking my uh your lunch? Because of who my brother is. Well, who is your brother? But when they tell them who the brother is, they back off because they realize who the brother is. Well, when I tell that devil who my brother is, and not only that, I tell the devil who my father is. That devil don't stand a chance. So instead of fighting you and talking about you and lying on you, I tell the devil to leave you alone because you messing with my other brother and my other sister. So here's the thing. Jesus is my big brother. God is my father. But when we come together, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So instead of fighting, we ought to come together. All right, let's 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 keep on reading. Trying to get somewhere, so keep on reading. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. That explains it. Well, if the world hates us, why wouldn't you take us out of the world? Because I'm not really focused on the world. I'm focused on the evil one. He's the problem about all of it. It's him. It's that ugly, slew-footed, snaggle-toothed devil that's always causing all the trouble. So I'm not going to take them out of the world because the world still needs them. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to protect them from 
the evil one. I'm going to be the father and the big brother that's going to keep them protected. Let's, let's continue to read. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Oh, so we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we can go in it and come out of it and still be okay. Give you an example. So I am in the earth and I'm of the earth because when my body uh, goes back to the grave, it goes back to dust. A fish is in the water, but it's also of the water. So that's why when a fish is out of the water too long, it cannot, it cannot survive because it's both in the water, but it's also of the water. But I am of the earth, so I can be in the water, I can come out of the water, and I can be okay because I'm not of the water. I can just be in the water. Now, I'm not the best swimmer, so I don't get too deep in the water. But the point that I'm making is based on our uh, physiology, based on our breathing. We are, we, there are, there are different type of mammals. And so you understand all of that. So I can go in the water and come out of the water and be okay. So the world is the same way. I can go in the world and come out of the world because I'm not of the world. So I can go to a worldly job and make worldly money and still bless God along the way. Listen, these jobs that we work on, they're filled with demonic spirits. It taxes your mind. It taxes your, 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 it stresses you out. That's why many of us need to come to church because the world beats us up. Education beats us up. The school system, our job, everywhere we go. And so when we come here, we ought to be refreshed. This ought to be the place where I can enjoy myself. So I got all this junk and mess on my job. Folk who lie on you, cuss you out. Then I come to church, and because I wore the same outfit as you, now you mad at me for for 10 months. I sat in your seat, now you mad at me. We got to stop that foolishness, because we are not of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. So when we come together, we ought to be celebrating. I'm so grateful that I'm not messed up by the junk that's in the world. That I have the power. Let, let me give you just a quick example. I'm moving on. Before I got to General Motors, I was working at another job, and it was a temporary service. It was, didn't pay that much. I didn't have a whole lot. Let me just let me make, make it simple. I was broke. I didn't have a whole lot, but I was broke. But I was happy because my soul was still saved. And. I had to this cardboard thing that I had to put in it, it crushed the cardboard, and as it would crush, it would go boom, 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 boom. And I remember my dad years ago was talking about when he was at Borg Warner, he had a job like that, but he was so caught up in the spirit that the boom 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 sounded like thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. So here I am, I'm broke, but I'm happy. And my machine is making a similar noise. So I just thought I'd try what my daddy tried. And I start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Next thing I know, I had a praise break on my job. Because I don't need the building to have church. I can have church wherever I am. And that's how you maintain your sanity. You got to walk in the world and still be having church. When I'm waving in my car, I'm not always waving at you. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. And guess what? That's how I went from the broke job to the better job because I praise him at the broke job. And when praises go up, blessings come down. All right. Got to move right along. I keep preaching. I don't know what I'm doing. I keep preaching. But, but, but uh, uh, Brother Dave, let me, let me, let me tell, tell you this. And Sister Jaren, let me, let me tell you this. So, uh, sometimes I, I tried to be real cute about my praise. I didn't let nobody catch me praising. So what I would do, I would go behind the machine. Because you, you, you used to have to push the button behind the machine. That's where I would get my praise. 
But one day, the praise got so deep and so strong that I, I went out to my car on lunch to praise God some more. I was speaking in tongues and everything. And then when I got back in the place, a lady next to me said, what was you doing? I seen your mouth moving real fast and wasn't nobody in the car. I was trying to hide, but I found out later, don't hide it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I got a praise, I got a praise. Excuse me, I just got a praise. Pardon me, I just got a holler. Pardon me, I just got to run. Because if God's been as good to you as he's been to me, you can't help but give God a crazy praise. If it looks like I'm crazy, yes I am. I'm crazy for God. I'm crazy for the anointing. I'm crazy for the power. I'm crazy for the glory. I'm crazy to pull down strongholds and demons and devils. It's time to get crazy. And what I learned when I was in the streets... If you get enough alcohol on the inside, it changes how you act. You don't walk like you want to walk if you get enough inside you. You don't act like you want to act if you get enough inside you. And let me go ahead and tell a story about myself real quick. Uh, in college, I went ahead and I tried marijuana. It didn't work too well for me because I started thinking about God. So I said, let me put this down. But when I first tried it, Brother Donald, they said, uh, Andre, you're not doing it right. They said, you got to get it inside. See, I took it, did like that, and, and, and they was like, no, you got to. And hold it inside. Well, baby, let me get that word down inside. Let me drink the word down inside. And if I get enough of it down on the inside, I'm not going to act like I used to act. I'm not going to think like I used to think. I'm not going to walk like I used to walk. I'm high on Jesus Christ. All right. All right. All right. I got, I got to keep going. Got to keep going. Come on. Let's, let's, let's go to that next one. As you sent me into the world. I also have sent them into the world. Hold on. Jesus said, Father God, now this is John 17. He was actually praying to the Father. This is actually really the Lord's prayer. Before, when he was in uh, uh, Gethsemane, he was praying like this. So he said, God, you sent me into the world, and I'm sending them into the world. So why does he send us in the world? To get money? To get degrees? Sure, sure. That's that's a part of it, but that's that's byproduct. That's not the major reason. So read that same verse again, and then we'll go to another verse. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. The same reason you sent me is why I'm sending them, all right? Now let's go to a familiar passage of Scripture, but it's not as familiar as it should be. Let's, let's put it up here. Before you read it, I'll explain it real quick, but just put it up there. So this is John 3.17. Many of us know John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He, come on, y'all can quote that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But they forget the next verse. The next verse says what? Go ahead and read it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So you don't go out there to dog everybody out. You go out there to bring the same salvation that found you to give it to them. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. So when we go out there, we don't go out there to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved or rescued. Or delivered like deliverance temple. Now, I'm going to pause and say this. If you see somebody with a deliverance temple shirt that telling everybody they're going to hell, tell me right away so I can tell them to take that shirt off. Because we're not trying to condemn folk. We're trying to rescue people. 
All right. There's an old saying, you got to catch them before you clean them. All right, let's, let's, let's go on even further. Now we're going to, this leads me right to where I need to be. Come on, the church is supposed to be Jesus to the community. All right, let's, let's, let's put up Psalms 144, 15. Here's the reason why. Psalms 144, 15. I'll go ahead and read it. Cause happy are the people who's God and the Lord. If we want to see things change out there, we got to introduce them to the Lord that we're supposed to have in here. All right, let's, let's, I think there's one other scripture that's important. Cause people are going to ask me, what about righteous though? Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a disgrace to any people. So what about the folk that are sinning out there? Does it bring bring a disgrace? Yes. It's more disgrace of all the sinning we have in, in here. But righteousness does exalt a nation. Righteousness exalts a community. Righteousness makes a community more healthy. And so when we talk about righteousness, we always think about doing right. And doing right is true, but doing right is the result of righteousness. The what really righteousness is, it is right standing with God. It's right alignment with God. It's right relationship with God. And when you have right standing, right alignment, and right relationship, it affects your behavior over time. Sometimes your behavior doesn't modify right away. But if you stay in this thing long enough, your behavior will modify over time. How do, how do I know? Because some of y'all know you used to love to cuss people out. And you still love to cuss people out. But the problem is, now when you cuss people out, something happens on the inside of you. You don't feel like you used to feel. You feel good while you're doing it. But once it's done, you don't feel the same because you have been now aligned with God. And the more you are aligned with God, the more your behavior begins to shift and adjust even when you don't want it to adjust. I done forgave some people I didn't want to forgive. I've been loving on folk I didn't want to love on. But you can't stay connected to God and not be changed from the inside out. So that brings me to my final point. Somebody saying, yeah, I didn't think you'd ever get there. But I promise, I, I, I here I am. At my final point, point number four is Calvary. Uh, I only got one verse for this, so let's let's put this verse up, and then I'm going to quote a few songs, and we're going to roll up out of here. Verse. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. Uh-huh. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. When I smite the land of Egypt. What pe- many people don't know about the story, they know that this is, I don't have the time to tell the whole thing, but this is the children of Israel. They were trying to get away from the bondage of Egypt, and there were all these plagues. This was the final plague. And so the children of Israel were in a land called Goshen. And in Goshen, they didn't get all the plagues that the people got in Egypt. Except for this plague, what, the, what they were warned is that this is going to hit the entire land. So you're going to have to have the blood in order to have a Passover. And so that's why Jews now celebrate the Passover. But what is little known, and you'll have to study it out to see, is there were some Egyptians that woke up. And they said, I don't want to keep going through what we're going through. So they started asking the Israelites about what should we do? So there were some Egyptians that put the blood over their doorposts. In other words, there was some worldly folk that caught the revelation. If I'm going to make it, I need Calvary's cross and I need Calvary's blood. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. So I'm going to do what the folk in the church are doing. If they're doing the right thing, I'm going to go to the same blood that they're going to. And let me pause and go back to the hymn book in my memory. What? can wash away my stain but nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Or what about this? It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. 
the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. See, when the church gets back to Calvary and Calvary's cross and the blood of the lamb and the power of the sacrifice of what Jesus did, it affects us, but it's a ministry to the world. And what happens? It draws people. So not just to come in our doors, but I take the blood out there to them. Because let, let, let me say this, and as I'm wrapping up to the close, we talked about drug addicts. Uh, what we've learned later on in life is drugs actually mess up the chemical function in people's brains. So there are some drug addicts that are never going to come into the church. Because mentally, unless they are a miraculously delivered in their mind, they're not going to make it. So we bring the church to them. We go to the rehab house. And while they're rehabbing, we lead them in the prayer of salvation. That way, if they cross from this life to the next, they go up instead of down. Because somebody gave them the blood of Jesus Christ. But we don't like to do that because then we can't say... I had 75 people saved under my ministry. I led 2,000 people with the prayer of salvation. Well, what if you don't know who got delivered? Just go out there and be the blood and plead the blood. Walk around the bar and plead the blood. You don't know who going to get saved. You don't know who going to get delivered. But do your job and be the church, not just in the church, out there so that the community can be healthy I'm really am I'm really am done I gotta say one other thing and go ahead and put it up this is how we close the church is supposed to show the community what the blood of the lamb can do it's hard to do that if we've forgotten ourselves but as I close let me just shout out one person I normally wouldn't do that I'm gonna shout out two people I normally wouldn't do it, but this is a special occasion. Number one, today happens to be Sister Ruby's birthday. So happy birthday, Sister Ruby. God bless you. Other person I'm going to shout out is a friend of the ministry, not necessarily a part of the ministry, but he's a friend of the ministry. His name is Neil Cream. Brother Neil Cream, just wave your hand. Wave your hand, Brother Neil. People ask him, and I've been around to ask him, well, are you a pastor, you're a preacher? What church do you have? His church is the streets. He goes out there and he ministers in the streets. And it's not always taking the Bible and praying over people and, 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 and speaking tongues. It's sometimes just inviting them into your home and loving on them and hugging on them. And when they don't have nobody to show up at the parent-teacher conference, you show up for people. That is being the church. Thank you, Brother Neil, for being the church. So when will the church get back to being the church? Hopefully this is our season and our hour to make a healthy community by having a healthy church. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're about to go out there and we're about to eat and, and have fun. And we're not just doing it to do it. We're going out there just to show the love, just to love on people. You didn't even got to eat, but just the fact that you showed up so we can say we love you. But I go to another church. Who cares? We're all part of the church. We love you. Because the devil is fighting all of us and we need all of us to survive. You know what? That reminds me. We're going to close. Remember that, that song, I Need You to Survive? Can you sing that as we close out of here? Yeah. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to have uh, Brother Derek lead us out with that song. Yeah, go ahead uh, and sing it softly as I pray. And then, Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for being a healthy community by building up healthier churches and healthier saints. God, help us to be the people we need to be so we can affect the world the way you did. And not condemn them, but show them how they can be saved through the loving power and the saving grace and the beautiful blood of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together. Lord, listen to me. 
I need you to survive. You are important. You are important to me. I need you. I need you. You need me. You need. We're all apart. We're all apart. Stand with me. Agree with me. Agree with me. We're all apart. It is his will. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. One last time. You are important. You are important. Look at your neighbor. Need you to survive. God bless you. We love you. Stay and eat with us online. You are dismissed.